Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Summer days are quickly approaching. Schedules adjust. We tend to have a few additional moments where the pace slows so that we can enjoy life as well as family and friends. Here at Valley Point Church, we're excited about the days in front of us. I want to thank you for being part of Valley Point. I love our church. We're having fun as we follow God's direction. I want to present a special offering challenge that begins today, May 27th, and ends on Sunday, June 10th. This three-week special offering will coincide with our Theology of Generosity series. I want to do more than just talk about generosity. I want to provide a way for us to be generous. So what's the special offering? Well, there's two parts, two targets. The first target is the Benevolence Ministry of Valley Point. We budget every year and prepare to help people walking through challenging times and need the church. We want to be ready to provide support, whether it's counseling services, help with a bill during financial stress, or food assistance. As a church, we've grown 30% since moving into our new home. That's fantastic because it has brought new opportunities to help people God has brought to us. We want to be able to quickly respond to needs with generosity. Part of the special offering will go towards helping Valley Point be benevolent and respond to needs in our communities and in our church. The second target for the special offering is for Haiti 2019. Next year, Valley Point will have the opportunity to send a team to Haiti. Why Haiti? Well, even before the earthquake hit, 1.9 million people were in need of food assistance. Around 60% of the population lives on less than a dollar a day. Haiti is one of the poorest countries in the world with a poverty rate of 77%. There is a large population of orphaned children in Haiti, many of whom are living on the streets. There were an estimated 380,000 orphans prior to the earthquake and untold thousands added to that number after it. There are also about 250,000 working as servants and often treated as slaves. Haiti needs the hope of Jesus. Here's the good news. There is hope because the church exists. About one hour outside of Port-au-Prince is a city called Léogon. Léogon is known as the voodoo capital of Haiti with over 30 voodoo temples. But there is a church. Our team will go in 2019 and partner with Mana Worldwide to help build that church a home. Part of our special offering will also help pay for a portion of that church. How humbling to think that we got to be part of constructing a church home in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania, and now we can be part of constructing a church home through our generosity in one of the poorest countries in the world. Here's the goal. Over the next three weeks for this special offering, I want to see Valley Point raise $15,000 for benevolence and for Haiti 2019. I want you to know this. 
Even if we exceed our goal, we use it for these two targets. You can give online or you can give at Valley Point Church. You will need to designate your giving as special offering online, and there's a place for you to do that, or in the memo section of your check. I want to remind you that this should be above and beyond your regular giving to Valley Point. Think, pray, and choose to give out of what God's already given to you to share with his work through Valley Point Church. I'm excited about our special offering as it provides yet another opportunity for us to impact lives and to make a real difference. If you take out your talk notes, that was in your program given to you when you walked in the door, you'll find on the back side of the talk notes a special offering update. I want you to be aware of where we stand today. Again, our goal was to raise $15,000 that we would share with benevolence right here in our church and in our surrounding communities and then for Haiti, 2019, our goal, 15000 to date, we have received $5,173. So I want to thank you for your generosity. We're well on our way. And I look forward to seeing us accomplish this goal together. And you'll be able to give today and beyond today as well. So I would encourage you, just keep thinking about this. Keep praying about what God wants you to do to help with benevolence as well as this particular, unique, beautiful church in Haiti that needs the support and the help of Valley Point Church. While you have your talk notes out, I want to draw attention to the rest of the financial update there. As a church, we want to be transparent and we want to give you information. We don't want to hide any of this. We don't think that's a good idea to do. And so every week, we try to give you where we stand year to date. And you can see that we have a weekly need that represents our budget and what is necessary for us to operate as a church. And you can see that our average weekly income through 22 weeks is just a little shy of that weekly need. Again, I want to thank you for your generosity. These numbers here are amazing, and we thank God for his provision. I want to draw attention to that because it is important that we meet our weekly need as we have now fully stepped into our mortgage and paying for our new home, which is wonderful and great, but it really is important that we meet that weekly need. So you pray about that as well. And I am so encouraged with the faithful generosity of God's people right here at Valley Point Church. I would also encourage you, if you haven't done this yet, every year we print an annual report. And it just gives details about money at Valley Point and how that was used and where it went in the process of serving our community and serving our different partners around the world. If you're anything like me, I get annual reports for retirement funds. And I, does anybody actually read those? I don't think so. I know I don't. Maybe you do. That's your thing. This is an annual report that you will want to read because it has lots of color and pictures and graphs. We've made it very simple. But, but I will say this about our annual report. It shares a story. It shares a story of faithfulness and generosity and how when you give here at Valley Point Church, it is used 
to point people to real relationships and real significance. Right here on the front page, it talks about every number, a lot of numbers in here, rightly so. It's an annual report. But every number has a name, every name has a story, and every story matters deeply to God. And so this is why we get generous, and this is why we talk about this here at Valley Point Church. It's not about money. It's about serving people and accomplishing the purpose that God has us for a church of pointing people to real relationships and real significance. So you pay attention to these reports in the weekly talk notes. Grab that annual report at the Just For You area in the lobby and pour over that and be amazed at how God is using you and your generosity and how God is using us collectively as a church to do some pretty incredible things right here in our communities as well as around the world. Does that make sense? All right, great. We are in week three, which is our final week of this series called Theology of Generosity. And we've been having a theme throughout 2018, and I want to take a few moments and kind of review that theme. We started the year by saying, what if this were to be our best year? I think that sounds wonderful, and we would all say, you know, it'd be wonderful if 2018 were my best year. Well, I presented a thought that we have been unpacking now throughout the whole year that if we want this to be our best year, one of the ways we can accomplish that is by having this be our best spiritual year. And if we dig deep spiritually and cultivate that aspect of our lives and deepen our faith, well... It'll be our best spiritual year, and if we have our best spiritual year, it's likely that we might just have our best year ever. And so we have been thinking about this throughout the whole year, and we started the year by encouraging everybody to get a life verse, a verse or two to use as an anchor point for your soul with whatever you experienced in 2018, the highs, the lows, and everything in between. I want to encourage you, if you've forgotten about your life verse, this would be a great time at about the halfway mark of the year to go back and say, all right, what was my verse? What did I pick? And why did I pick that? And what's the meaning of that today? And if you are part of that and you have forgotten your verse, just know that out in the lobby, we have that big board hanging on the wall and it might take you a while to find your block, but do that and refresh your memory a little bit because I think it's a great thing. It's a beautiful thing to have the words of God, ancient words, scripture, rolling around in our minds as we walk through life. So we talked about life first. Get a verse or two, and this will help you have your best spiritual year. We went from there and we talked about kindness and how kindness is so important and valuable. And when we are kind to other people, boy, this is going to help us to have our best spiritual year. Well, I want to add to this ongoing discourse, which we will have more thoughts as we move through the rest of 2018. But I want to add to this discourse, if we want to have our best spiritual year, which leads to our best year, generosity. Generosity. It has to be part of the equation. And when a church becomes generous, 
when a group of people who are trying to follow after Jesus in all of our imperfect ways, which that's what we do because we're human, but when a church, when a group of people decides to follow after Jesus and get generous, I believe special things can happen. I really believe that. And by the way, I think we're seeing that happen right here at Valley Point Church, which is great news. It's great news. It's week three. We wrap up the series today. And I want to share this quote with you. It's something that I read that I found to be fascinating. Generosity is at its core a lifestyle. A lifestyle in which we share all that we have, are, and ever will become as a demonstration of God's love and a response to God's grace. Generosity is at its core a lifestyle, a lifestyle in which we share all that we have, are, and ever will become as a demonstration of God's love and a response to God's grace. Here's a question for all of us to consider as we think about that quote. What happens when generosity becomes a way of life flowing from our understanding of God's love and God's grace. Like what happens when I get, boy, God loves me. God, the inventor, the creator, the one overall and above all, that God loves me. Wow. And that God, creator, inventor, the one overall and above all, he extends grace freely to me, which I don't deserve and I can't pay for in any kind of way. But yet that God extends that grace freely to me. I think a likely response to understanding God's love and God's grace, which he freely gives to us, is that we do more than just talk about generosity. Like, that's a great idea, and somebody should be doing that. No, I think when we fully understand and respond to God's love and God's grace so freely given to us, we do a lot more than just talk about generosity. We become generous. It's part of our life. If you are new or newer to Valley Point Church, you need to know that we're not afraid to talk about generosity We're not afraid to talk about money here. And the reason we're not afraid to talk about that is because our best understanding of Scripture. And by the way, Scripture has a lot to say about money and managing that. Our best understanding of Scripture tells us that everything we have comes from God. We talked about that in week one of this series. Everything belongs to God. And because everything belongs to God, I can freely give back to him and hold everything with open hands. And so we're not afraid to talk about generosity here. We're not afraid to talk about money. And we're not afraid to give out challenges as a way to stretch ourselves to hold everything like this. If you're anything like me when it comes to my stuff and my money, which that's an interesting phrase because it's not really my stuff and my money. It's all from God. He's given it to me, but we often say it's mine. If you're anything like me, I, I tend to do this. You, you grab all of your stuff and your money and you, you pull it into you. And the reason we do that is because we fear what we may lose or we fear there may not be enough for me. 
Now, that's a legitimate fear. That's a fair thing to address. But I think when we fully understand and we live in God's love and grace so freely given to us, the posture of our hands when it comes to God's stuff and God's money is this. And so we're not afraid to talk about generosity and money because we understand it's all from God and he freely gives to us and he wants us to do this. And so we're gonna have a great discussion today. Here's our big idea. So get your talk notes ready and I would encourage you to fill in these blanks so that we can track together. Generosity is not something to fear as true joy, true joy comes when giving to God and to others. I think you can also say it this way. Generosity is the path to a great life. Again, we're thinking, how can I have my best year? Well, let's have our best spiritual year. And I think an aspect of this is generosity. When we become generous, based on our understanding that God owns it all, and when we hold everything with open hands, I think that is the path to a great life. And this is where true and lasting joy comes from. Okay, if you have a Bible or a device, I want you to find 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy is a New Testament book. It comes right after the book of 2 Thessalonians and right before 2 Timothy. And so if you find either one of those books, you are close. We are going to look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. Three verses here that talk about generosity and our stuff. So here's verse 17. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Teach those who are rich in this world. This is a very interesting verse. And I think most of us would say, well, that, that's not me. You know, that, that's somebody else. Well, let's just pause here because everyone has a different definition of rich. I actually did some research on this and I found that the general definition of rich is double whatever you make. Like that's people's general response. Like if I make $50,000, $100,000, well, that, that's rich. If I make $100,000, boy, if I made 200,000, well, you know, that's, that's rich. Or if I make 200,000, well, 400,000, well, that is rich. And it just goes on and up and up. And I think you get the picture. Yet, we read stats like this. Nearly one half of the world's population lives on less than $2.50 a day. Or how about this one? More than 1.3 billion live in extreme poverty less than a dollar and 25 cents a day. One billion children worldwide are living in poverty. According to UNICEF, 22,000 children die each day due to poverty. How about this one? 805 million people worldwide do not have enough food to eat. Just don't have enough food. Or more than 750 million people lack adequate access to clean drinking water. 
Diarrhea caused by inadequate drinking water, sanitation, and hand hygiene kills an estimated 842,000 people every year globally, or approximately 2,300 people per day. So you read those stats, and you could come to the conclusion that if you have access to clean water and food, that's rich. That's rich. Then I discovered this from the Washington Post. It says, to be among the wealthiest half of the world last year, an adult needed to own only $3,210 in net assets minus debts, according to the data. And to be in the top 10%, a person needed to have only $68,800 in wealth. So basically, if you live indoors... If you have access to clean water and food and have a little bit of money, you're probably rich. So let's go back to the text now, because here's what it says. Teach those who are rich in this world. Again, we all all have a different definition of rich, but when you think about it globally, it's a whole new picture. So teach those who are rich in this world, not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life or joy, or a good life. From 1 Timothy chapter 6, I want to pull four thinking points. Here we go. Number one, don't be proud of money. Going back to week one, we're reminded God owns it all, and everything is from him. So don't be proud of money. Secondly, trust God who gives us all we need. And perhaps that's some of the wrestling that needs to take place throughout the week. Am I content? And if God has truly given me all that I need, am I living under that? Number three, the text tells us use money to do good. To do good. And then finally, sharing is connected to true life. Again, when I do this, when this is the posture when it comes to God's stuff and God's money that he has given to me to manage well, sharing is connected to true life. This is exactly what the text tells us to do. All right. I want to share something with you. And I believe, I believe this may be the best way to live out 1 Timothy chapter 6. So if we want to live this out, like everything belongs to God and Sharing, it leads to a great life. And let's not trust in money, which is so unreliable. Let's trust in God. I believe this is probably the best way to live this out. So imagine with me, we have two friends, Mike and Jim. They share a lunch together. And as part of their conversation, they turn to finances and they turn to money. Mike and Jim, both believers, But let's just say that Jim has a little more faith when it comes to this area of giving back to God so that God can accomplish his purposes throughout the world. Jim has a little more faith 
when it comes to that area. So Mike pulls out a napkin and, and he shares with Jim, I have this financial dream. I have a financial goal. I want to get from point A to point B. B representing the financial goal. This is what I have in mind, Jim. And Mike looks at Jim and says, it's a stretch, but it is going to take 100% of my financial resources in order to get from A to B. It's going to take 100% of everything that I have. And so Mike and Jim talk about that, and it's an aggressive goal, and Jim's happy for his friend that he has some financial plans and cautions him that, yeah, boy, 100%, that's going to be tough to pull off, but you need to think through that. So the conversation turns, and Jim looks at Mike and says, you know, Mike, I also have a financial goal, and I want to get from point A to point B, point B representing this goal that I have with my resources, but I am not going to do it on 100% of my finances. Nope, I'm going to do it on 90%. So I'm not going to use everything. I'm only going to use a portion, a good portion, the majority portion to accomplish my financial goals. See, I want to live by faith. And what that means is I'm going to live on less so that I have something to share with God so that God can accomplish his purposes throughout the world. And then Jim throws out this word. He says, I want to tithe. I want to give back to God through my church and live on faith so that God can do what he wants to do throughout the world. The word tithe is an Old Testament word that means 10%. Think about this. The term translated tithe is derived from the Hebrew word for the number 10. And the tithe for individuals was to be taken to the temple, to the church as an offering. And it was an act of worship and served as a tangible reminder that it was God who gave them the increase. And so Mike and Jim, they begin to have this conversation. And Jim shares with Mike, look, I believe with 90%, again, I'm going to live on less. I'm going to live by faith so that I have something to share with God so that he can accomplish his purposes throughout the world. And I really believe that with 90%, I'm going to be able to accomplish my financial goals and get from point A to point B. And here's the deal, Mike. And he takes the napkin and says, not only am I going to get to point B, but I am going to have some C stories to tell along the way. What are C stories? Stories of answered prayer, unexpected blessing, new opportunities that don't always make sense. But when we choose to live by faith and live on less so that we have something to share with God so that he can accomplish his purposes throughout the world, Sometimes money doesn't always make sense, but God just makes it work, and we end up with a lot of C stories. Answered prayer, unexpected blessings, and new opportunities. Every believer I know, and I get to have a lot of these conversations with people who wrestle with this and wonder, should I? And I don't think I'm in a position to do this quite yet, but I want to give it a shot. I get to have lots of conversations centered on this. Because money is a very sensitive subject, I get it. 
I think that's why God takes so much time to give us examples and stories and verses related to money and managing this and honoring him. There's quite a bit in scripture about this. I get to have a lot of conversations and here's what I know. Every person who has ever tried this has some kind of sea story. And some are really dramatic and big and some are quite simple and maybe not so dramatic, but yet they have a story of answered prayer, unexpected blessing, or a new opportunity by choosing to live by faith. And so Mike is amazed by this. C's not even on his radar. He's just hoping to get from A to B, and that's kind of the end of the story. But Jim talks to him about going from A to B, living on faith by choosing to live on less so that he has something to share with God, for God to accomplish his purposes throughout the world. And all of these C stories accompany that kind of life. And Mike looks at Jim and says, I don't think you can do it. I just don't think you can do it. And Jim says, I have to do it. I have to give it a shot. I want you to know, I want to be very honest with you and transparent. Tanya and I, as a family, have chosen to live this way throughout our life, to live on faith and intentionally choose to live on less so that we have something to share with our church so that God can accomplish his purposes in our community and around the world. And I share that with you, not because that makes me a better person or somehow more spiritual. It doesn't do that at all. Not at all. I share that with you because I would never encourage you to consider something that I'm not already doing. That would make me inauthentic and fake, and I don't want to live that way. And guess what? We have a lifetime, just a lifetime of sea stories God's provision and answered prayer and unexpected blessings, things we never could have anticipated and new opportunities. And it doesn't always make sense. It doesn't. But choosing to live by faith never makes sense. It never makes sense. And if we can make sense of it, we may not actually be living by faith. And so I want to encourage you to think through this. Let me give you some takeaways. Number one, Consider and pray through a 90-day tithe challenge. If this is new information to you and it's kind of blowing your mind, like what? I just want to encourage you. You think about it. You pray about it. And you take a 90-day challenge. Give it a shot and see what God does in and through you. Just try it. You can give online at valleypointchurch.com. This is how I give. And I see that as much more than a transaction. It is an act of worship where I get the chance to say, God, it's all yours anyway. So you, you take this and you, and you use it. It's kind of a fun thing or you can give here on Sundays. But I would encourage you to consider. You, you think through this and you pray through a 90-day type challenge if you have never considered this before. Secondly, ask God to increase your faith in this area because fear will always be present. It's a scary thing, a really scary thing to live by faith and to live on less because you're not supposed to do that. That's not how you get from A to B. It's not how you accomplish this. 
So ask God to increase your faith in this area. I would say for some of you, maybe you are very comfortable with where you are right now in terms of what you give to God. And that's become maybe somewhat easy for you. Well, it's time to risk again and live by faith. And so you wrestle with that. And then thirdly, I would encourage you to participate in our special offering. We provide these things throughout the year as a way to give on-ramps to people to say, you know what, that sounds really interesting, and that's great. We're helping people who have benevolent types of needs, and we're going to build a church in one of the poorest countries in the world, a place that desperately needs a church. We have a very comfortable, beautiful church here, and we get the opportunity to do this again. And if you're thinking about that, I would encourage you to take that step of faith, risk a little and give to our special offering because generosity, it's the path to a great life, a great life. I wanna go back to our big idea, which says this, generosity is not something to fear, although fear does tend to accompany this. It's not something to fear as true joy True and lasting joy comes when giving to God and to others. I want to thank you for listening today. Will you pray with me? God, we're thankful for the opportunity to talk about something that is sensitive and can be difficult to discuss in church. I just want to thank you for bringing everybody here today to participate and to think through this. I pray wherever we may be in terms of generosity and sharing and tithing, whatever that looks like for us, God, I pray that you'd help us to evaluate our motives and our desire, the posture of our hands. God, I know I tend to take what you've given to me and I pull it close because I want to do things and have things and I fear what I may lose and that's okay we need to think through those things but God ultimately I think you want us to step back and realize everything we have comes from you and when I respond knowing that your love and your grace is freely given to me and I don't deserve that I can't buy it. I can't earn it. I think we have to do more than just talk about generosity and think about being generous. We have to become generous with our lives and hold what you've given to us with open hands and manage well the resources that you have entrusted to us for this season. And so God, whatever the takeaway may be for everybody here, whether it's to try the 90-day tithe challenge or to just ask for greater faith in regards to this area or to participate in the special offering, God, whatever it may be, help us to be in tune with you and to share knowing that you are a God who loved us so much that you gave That's your demonstration of your love for each and every one of us. So God, help us to be willing to do the same. Give us a great week now as we wrestle with these things. Help us to enjoy the process, the journey 
of following you with money. It's a tough thing, but help us to enjoy that journey. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.